to be able to take it to that next level. That's what I'm excited about. Mills, quick pass. Nico at the five. Nico in the end zone. The dagger. And Grenard with the sack back at the 25-yard line. Touchdown, Houston. Rock and roll. Tremont Smith, coast to coast. There is no offseason for your Houston Texans. Game day is every day. Now, it's Texans All Access. What's up, everybody? Welcome to a Wednesday edition of Texans All Access. And boy, does it feel good to say that. First of all, because it's Wednesday. Second of all, because it's All Access. Back on the air. We were back uh, last night with Lovey Smith. That was fun. Really good conversation uh, with Lovey Smith last night. Hopefully, you did not miss it. If you did, HoustonTexas.com. Go check out all of our podcasts. And queue up that Texans All Access page, and you've got it right there. The app. The app. The app as well. That mm-hmm. voice you hear is Mark Vandermeer. My voice is John Harris, and we are with you on a draft Wednesday. That's the final thing about a Wednesday, mm-hmm. is we are going to focus on the draft throughout this offseason on Wednesday. We are going to do our own drafts throughout the offseason. We've done that before, so we've got uh, plenty of that. DPC is going to join us a little later uh, with a great interview featuring Nico Collins and a little bit about Aiden Hutchinson, a potential Texan, Michigan Heisman Trophy finalist, and then we'll have a little bit of in-lab with Drew and myself. But Mark, first of all, welcome in. How are you doing? Johnny, I'm doing great. I mean, I'm so happy to be back on the air. I'm so happy to be in the building. Seeing the rodeo set up is just great for my emotional well-being because the rodeo was canceled midway through yeah, or whatever boy. it was through it one weekend or whatever a couple of years ago we yeah. haven't seen it since so to see all the rodeo peeps back getting this building ready for that great event uh i like that and i'm gonna do the calf scramble gate opening for dirks bentley yeah i don't even know what that entails what? by the way so don't ask me too Is it many like being like home field advantage captain for the rodeo Yeah, i think kind of like i get to open the gate for all the calves to run out yeah and I get to talk to the kids beforehand, like give them a pep talk. What am I going to say to the kids? Oh, Run after easy. the calf. Look, go for the angle, okay? You chase after that calf, you're going to be chasing them all day long. These kids get exhausted, some of them, because you're just running constantly. Yeah. Some of these calves, they'll put a move on you. like whoa, whoa. They're like Dion. Strike two and through, wrap up, bring the ground, and then <laughs> – Oh, you just got to teach you like tackling. I feel a John Harris you gotta, Telestrator. You got to teach you like tackling. John Harris Telestrator coming on with the calf scramble. Done. Houston Livestock Show Rodeo. Hook me up at your Harris Football. Just let me know. <laughs> I will. I will do Run a calf. Scram- I will do a calf scramble Telestrator uh, with the best of. Now it is Draft Wednesday, and that means we put a focus on the draft. I said DP Sidhu is going to join us in the next segment, as she did an interview uh, that'll focus a little bit on Aiden Hutchinson, etc. The Harris 100 will be coming out at some point next week. I'm putting the finishing touches on it, and I will submit it. And then our great digital uh, digital social team is going to get it all ready to go for the website, and so it will be ready at HoustonTexas.com. I will have 100 through 200 on my own site. So you've got a lot that you can consume. And so Mark and I were talking about it, and he started asking me questions about certain guys. Yes. And I thought, you know what? Let's use this forum to look at this Harris 100, and I sent it to you, and you were to pick five guys, and you were to ask me, these five guys, A, do they fit for the Texans? B, how they fit for the Texans? 
and see where would I, where do I have them in the Harris 100, i.e., where would they fall in the draft? All right, let's start here. So this is an exercise in which you can put me on a spot. You can look at players that you're interested in mm-hmm. and ask me what I think of them. And yes, you have the numerical one through 100, but you never know. Maybe they fit for the Texans a little bit better than where their number actually is. So you got five of them. Go. All right, I'm going to start here, Johnny, because Davis Mills is the quarterback of this football team, yes. and we've made it very clear it doesn't mean he's penciled in as the 15-year starter, Pally, or anything like that. But let's start with quarterback okay. because you don't have a quarterback ranked higher than 27th. It's Kenny Pickett is your highest-ranked quarterback here. And then you have Matt Corral at 29, Malik Willis at 34. If the Texans were drafting a quarterback, let's say there was no Mills, you have the number three pick in the draft, are you going to take a quarterback at three because you need one in this hypothetical here? Right. Or are you going to wait till round two or trade down to get one of these three? And if it was, which one of the three would you take? Although I have Malik Willis as the third ranked of those three. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would like to see butts and seats, right? Oh, yeah. He's going to entertain people. Malik Willis will entertain. Yeah. Now, it's not always the prettiest looking thing. I mean, there'll be times where you watch Malik and you'll see him make a throw and you're like, what is that? <laughs> then you will see him make a throw and go, oh, my God, did I just see that? He's got, and I've said this before, I said it my my Senior Bowl observations, my Harris hits from the Senior Bowl the first day. I said, I've seen all the great quarterbacks there. I've seen all of them. I've seen Josh Allen. I've seen Justin Herbert. I've seen all the great arms. Right. He's got the best arm I've ever seen there. What? Beyond a shadow. Better than Josh Allen. Better than Josh Allen. And the numbers back it up. I was just using these two peepers right here, these eyes, yeah. to tell you he's got the best arm and strongest arm I've seen at Senior Bowl. About a week after, The Athletic mm-hmm. put out an article, and they actually had numbers behind it. Josh Allen, his best throw at the Senior Bowl was 66 RPM. And I can almost tell I – could, I could probably tell you what that throw was. I saw that throw and I went, that's the, that's the best throw I've seen him make this uh, senior bowl year. It's one of the best throws I've ever seen there. 66 RPM. Malik Willis was at 76. Whoa. And Willis can also He's run as well as Josh Allen, yes, right? He Will- can run. He's not 6'6", 240. Yeah, right. He's 6'1", 215. He is strong. He is put together. He is confident. He can make. They're in the throw he can't make. Now, there are times, and you and I talked about this when we were watching Zach Wilson, three of us actually, uh, Zach Wilson for the Jets. Zach Wilson was firing everything 100,000 miles an hour in our game. And he's he had to learn some touch. Well, in the final few games, Zach Wilson for the Jets started showing that. Malik's got to learn that. Every ball he throws is about 1,000 miles an hour. But he can rip it. Can I interest you in a little college stat comparison of a very important statistic that does translate very often? Josh Allen in college, Wyoming, last two years, yep. 56% completion rate. Okay? Malik, Correct. Malik Willis, a lot better, 64 in 2020, 61 in 2021. Yes. And I'm not saying that means anything necessarily, but it's certainly worth talking about because Allen's really improved in that category over his time in the NFL. Maybe Willis comes in and look, we've seen some of the inaccurate throws in college, yes. even in some of the, the cutups, the highlights, whatever, but maybe it happens for him more quickly, or maybe it never happens at all. That's the problem. We don't know. Yeah. It's the draft. No doubt. Now, People would say, John, if you speak this highly of him, why is he down in the 30s and why is he ranked third? 
Yes. Well, that's a great question, not only Mark <laughs> and others. It's Those the inconsistency. Okay. It's the inconsistency that was in college. Yes, his, his completion percentage fell a little bit in 2021. Decision-making, not always great. There were times where he sprayed it. I remember the NC State game in 2020, like, man. I was really excited. Liberty, I think, was undefeated. I think they ended up winning that game against NC State, if I remember. And he sprang it all over the place. And it was like 14 of 31 or something like that. And I just thought, yeah. But, man, the physical traits are just really okay. impressive. So, at number three, no. I'm not touching any of these guys at number three. Right. Even if even if you even had no if, mills. Even with no mills. I'm not wait. touching at number three. The value doesn't match to me. Okay. But. I- Top of the second round. All right, yeah. Let's you're, talk. Oh, of course you're going to talk at let's that talk. point. And that's what I kind of wish they did in 2014. I know it changes the course of right. history as we know it. If they had grabbed Garoppolo so. there, yes. what would have happened? Even Derek Carr, I know that would have had a lot of you know, baggage, emotional and otherwise, <laughs> right. for the team. Right. Uh, Derek's doing <laughs> just fine. And by the way, preseason power rankings, you were talking about this with Pendergast the other day when you filled in on the morning show. Yeah. And I was listening to you guys go through one through nine, ten. And I'm thinking, where are the Raiders? The Raiders, yeah. they, Sean said they were 15th or something 15th. like that. That's a little low for me, okay? The Raiders should be higher. The Cowboys were eighth. I know the Cowboys have a lot of talent, top to bottom, soup right. to nuts. The Raiders, they plowed their way into the postseason. Coulda, woulda, shoulda beat Cincinnati in their playoff game. I think the Raiders should be ranked higher than 15th with a new coaching staff you go. and a new attitude like Patty LaBelle. There you go. Josh McDaniels coming in. We'll see what he's learned. We're going to go there. We're going to go there. It's going to be fun. Vegas, baby. Fun. All right, next. All right, next. So we're doing five players and or position groups here okay. because I've changed the criteria a tad as we like march it. on. From the Harris 100. This is not a mock draft, by the way. No. You're not saying that Willis won't be drafted till 34. Correct. In fact, we probably both agree that Willis and Pickett and Corral, they'll probably all go in the top 20, right, when it's all said yeah, that or close would, to it. Yeah, I would think somewhere between 15 to 25, and it just depends on what teams get anxious and what teams are able to do. Yeah. In the offseason, for example, Denver Broncos are at 9. If Denver can't pull anything off, they're going to go grab a quarterback. They've got to grab a quarterback. Yeah. Now, they might want to try and move down if, at that point. But, you know, quarterbacks, we know how that goes in the draft. Right. right. So, we'll see. But uh, And the big rumor mm-hmm. at the Senior Bowl was that Malik Willis to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Oh, that was a big rumor that apparently Tomlin and the Steelers love Malik Willis. Well, they like that big arm, I'm sure. Yep. And other things. He can run the ball. And and they've watched up close and personal. I mean, they've watched Lamar Jackson do some heavy damage in that division. So why not get a guy who has that kind of capability now? Maybe not as good as Jackson, but pretty darn good. Yes. Malik Willis. All right. Let me give you – he's ranked fifth in your Harris 100. Kayvon Thibodeau from Oregon. Wow. 4-3 defensive end, 3-4 outside linebacker. I love how you do this. You say that instead of some of these mocks or other rankings and they say outside linebacker, and I'm thinking, what kind of defense is he playing in? Right? I need to know where he fits in both kinds of defenses, and I know you have different sub packages and everything, but tell me about Thibodeau. He's electric off the edge. He's got – like 10 or 12 different pass rush moves, and he tries them all in a game. He's like half spin, DeMarcus Ware. He ghost moves. I mean, he's got, all, he's got all kinds of stuff. He's got a really good first step. He is He's not in that class with the Bosa's or Von Miller or Miles Garrett, but he is 
a really good pass rusher learning to play the run, mm-hmm. learning to play it more violently. But, man, that first step is really quick. So would he fit here? Yes and no. I think as a player, yes. Now, Kayvon's a little bit about the flash and dash. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I get the feeling that, that we're more kind of um, – what's the right way of saying it? We're kind of – more down-to-earth, seemingly. <laughs> he's he's a little bit more about not avoiding the spotlight. He likes to talk. Um, really good football player. I mean, exceptional football player. If you tell me we get Kayvon Thibodeau at three and he stays healthy for a career, I think he's going to end up having a pretty, pretty strong career. But if you tell me, okay, it's Hutchinson or Thibodeau at three, to me it's a no-brainer. Hutchinson physically – and from an elite trait standpoint, is more in the vein of the Bosa's and Von Miller than Kayvon is. Okay. I was going to ask you next, Aiden Hutchinson from Michigan, 4-3 defensive end, 3-4 outside linebacker. So there you are at three, but a lot of people, a lot of mocks have Hutchinson gone by three. And that's the thing. Is he gone by three? And I don't want to get mock-ish here. Right. But that's a big consideration as we talk about the fit for the Texans. But if he is there, you feel like he fits really well. Man, you put Aiden Hutchinson across from John Grenard in 4-3. Ooh. Stay healthy. That's, and and you, look at, you look at the teams. Now, obviously, Super Bowls, it, it's somewhat, you know, the, the Rams draft there and Donald. But they really weren't complete until they went out and got Von Miller. They got an edge piece and an interior piece. The 49ers have drafted defensive linemen forever. They drafted Javon Kinlaw. They drafted DeForest Buckner, Eric Armstead, mm. Nick Bosa. Ugh. They were drafting dudes for a while. And and when we went to San Francisco, those dudes gave us a problem. And Kinlaw didn't even play, and, and Buckner had been traded. So And with that trade, I think they ended up drafting Javon Kinlaw. Uh, and Kinlaw's been hurt. But they drafted a bunch of defensive linemen. I know it was a joke around here for a while, but it was like Mario Williams, J.J. Watt. We drafted a bunch of defensive linemen. And what happened? The defense was pretty darn good. Yep. So if you get those two pieces out on the edge, first of all, one of them's getting solo blocked. One of them's getting a solo. So you're going to be feeling pretty good, I think. And Hutchinson has got I don't want I don't want to call it anger. I don't know exactly <laughs> what it is, but edge. Yeah. There there's something with him. His dad played at Cy Fair, so there's a little bit of that too. What we need is for Detroit to get out of two. We they're need gonna Detroit take out of two. They're going to take him. I mean, it, it fits. He played in Michigan. You know, his family, you know, his dad, Chris, they stayed in Michigan, in Ann Arbor, while uh, while Aiden was was young. So he grew up. All he knows is Michigan. Obviously, his, his uh, extended family is here in Houston, so he wouldn't mind it. But, yeah, Detroit would make a lot of sense. And with Dan Campbell, I think it would make sense. We need Detroit out of two. And Brad Holmes has said, hey, Come on, where's our best offer? And that's the issue. There's not really a quarterback that you would trade up the two to go get. All right, we're doing five players in the first 32 of the Harris 100, which is not a mock draft. It's player rankings and how they might fit with the Texans. And I'm throwing you the names here, and I'm going to go a twofer here, Johnny. Nick Casario comes downstairs. The second pick has been selected. And he said, Johnny, I need you to make this decision for me. Oh, I know All right. I've got Evan Neal available. I've got Iki Aquanu. Aquanu, tackle guard, Neal, tackle. Neal from Alabama, Aquanu from NC State. 
Johnny, you pick. Who's going to be better for our team? Which one of these guys will help the Texans more? Because everybody else is unavailable or off the table, and I'm not going to let you pick them. Go. Evan New. He's a tackle. And I say that I say that only because – not only because – but I have Neo at three, and I have Equano at four. All right. But it's a fit thing, so you never know. You could it, have changed could, your mind it could or be a adjusted. Fit. A lot of the same things you say about Neo, you can say about Equano. Heavy-handed, nasty, monster, masher. Um, a little bit slow reacting to speed. Neil has one other thing, though, that Equano I don't believe has. Equano has played left tackle his entire time at NC State. Neil did play right tackle in 2020 opposite Alex Leatherwood. So oh. if we're in a situation here in Houston where when we don't we don't know everything that's going to happen with Larry Tunsil when he comes back, what Titus Howard, where he's going to go, either way, my my gut tells me that either Larry Tunsil or Titus Howard's playing left tackle. That's just my hunch. Depending on what happens, if they feel like Titus can do it, then maybe they deal Laramie. If they don't want to deal Laramie and Laramie's the guy, then Laramie plays left. Then you figure out what Titus is. But at least Evan Neal has played right tackle before. And that, I think, will help a transition to the NFL. And you want to talk about an absolute just monster. I One of the guys I love in this draft is Trevon Walker from Georgia. So I was watching the national championship game actually last night. And Trevon Walker is like, 6'4", 275 pounds. And if we don't get Aiden Hutchinson, I would love to have Trevon Walker. You talk about a violent dude. Wow. So Trevon Walker tries to bull rush Evan Neal. And he tries to long arm him. And (laughs) Evan kind of swats and chops the hand to get him down and then hits uh, Walker with both hands. And I'm telling you, stunned Walker. I mean, like, knocked him back on his heels. Didn't knock him all the way back on his wallet. And I thought, that's one of my favorite defensive ends, and Evan Neal is just treating him like he's a sixth grader. Evan Neal is a strong dude. Now, the other issue with the Quanu is this. What position are NFL teams going to think he plays? Because I know going into the season, teams thought he was a guard. They thought he was a guard, oh. and they thought, yeah, he's going to be a great guard. I felt like in 2020 watching him, he was absolutely a tackle. But I'll take Neal. If you ask me that 100 times, I would say Neil 51 or 52 out of 100, Kwanu 48 or 49 out of 100. It's that close. All right, here's another scenario. Okay. All right, third pick is up. Quarterbacks have been taken one and two because people went quarterback crazy for some reason. Trades were made with the Jaguars, Jets, trades, trades, trades. Wait, no, Detroit, right? Jaguars, Detroit. Detroit. Jaguars, Detroit. Trades, trades, trades. Quarterbacks are off the board. So everybody is available. But two quarterbacks. But two quarterbacks, right. and we weren't going to take one anyway here Correct. in Houston. Correct. So that leaves you with the decision at three. Who are you taking? And are you going to say the name? I think you will. Well, the so, name I want to say is not the name I'm going to say. Uh-oh. Uh, does the name uh, – is it also the name of a popular Broadway musical? <laughs> By the way. Hamilton. How does Landry Locker not know what Hamilton is? I listened, to a, I, I listened to a full segment of Landry uh, and Lopez huh? in the loop yesterday. And Landry, they both were talking the same, almost exact same scenario, and they both said Hamilton, Kyle Hamilton, the safety from Notre Dame. Here's the thing. As much as I love Kyle Hamilton, as much as I love him, mm-hmm. and I really would love to see him in Houston, I still go Aiden Hutchinson. Because impact, 
I think I I want to set a tone up front. Yeah. From now on. Okay. Because when you let's talk about the 49ers. The 49ers to me are a team that I look at and think that team with strong quarterback play is going to be a team to be reckoned with for a while. Mm-hmm. And they are excellent on the offensive line. They don't have a bunch of they don't have a bunch of names that you recognize, Daniel Brunskill and you know maybe Alex Mack and a few others. They do have Trent Williams. They do have an all-pro. But the defensive line is so incredibly good. And that gives yeah. everybody else behind them. Their secondary is okay, but not great. I want to get back to a point where we dominate on the offense and defensive line. I would go Aiden Hutchinson. Here's the other thing. Now, this is the other this is the other factor not built in here. Do we re-sign Justin Reed or not? Oh, yeah, because if you do, there's no way you're going Hamilton, right? I would think. Now, if you give me Justin Reed, J.O., and Hamilton, that three-safety look is going to be a monster. That's going to be fun. I think you've proven your point with the 49ers. That's a pretty good way to show it, to demonstrate it, because look at the deal that the Seahawks made for Jamal Adams. Ask them how that's going, Right. right? As great as he is, you can only do so much. You need exactly. why? Why were the Texans able to make some plays on defense this year? Look, the guys in the back end did a nice job right. from time to time. There's no question about that. But they got pressure. Right. They got pressure. Right. Not always get, getting the sack, but maybe getting a hurry, maybe forcing a an incoherent throw from time right. to time. Right. Uh, that was nice. So yeah, you got to get pressure. And look, the 49ers again proving your point. Jimmy Garoppolo was dangerously close to playing in more Super Bowls than Aaron Rodgers. That's scary. Think about that for a moment. That's scary. Here's another they could have won the Super Bowl. You could have Jimmy Garoppolo, oh, I'm 1-1 one one in the Super Bowl. You know, I've got the same number of championships as Drew Brees and Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> and Trent Dilfer. All right, you had to go there. That's scary. Here's the other team to think about, too. Mm-hmm. Let's think about your division. Your division plays bully ball, and you know it does. The Colts, Titans. Yeah. And I think the Jags are going to get to that point. I know Doug Peterson. Oh, he's going to throw it. No. I think Doug Peterson is going to want to run the rock. Doug, look at the offensive line Doug Peterson had in Philadelphia. You don't think he's going to want to try and have an offensive line there? Well, you've got to get pressure on Trevor Lawrence anyway. What if he blows up? Yeah, absolutely. So they're going to build their offensive line. They're going to get James Robinson back in the fold. Mm-hmm. Remember the defensive line that Doug Peterson had in Philadelphia is pretty darn good. Fletcher Cox, Brandon Graham, Chris Long. Those guys were amazing. This AFC South. If it wasn't already, it's bully ball. And if you don't punch the bully in the mouth, you can forget about it. I think Kyle Hamilton will punch a bunch of bullies in the mouth, but Aiden Hutchinson is going to get the opportunity to do it every single play. I would go Hutchinson in that scenario. I would go in that scenario. Because Pep Hamilton looks at, he's going to look at who's coming after my quarterback and how can we block him. I mean, isn't that where you start with the game plan? Absolutely. How to deal with these guys. Right. Who can destroy the game? Who can wreck the game from up front in particular? That's what Zach Taylor had to do in the Super Bowl, and obviously it didn't go well at the end. Yes. So you want other offensive coordinators to deal with your guys up front. Absolutely. And that is what Aiden Hutchinson does. Mark, you did an excellent job. You did a fantastic job, as a matter of fact. I really didn't do much. I just lobbed the ball in there. I just lob it into the strike zone, baby. I'm going to ask you, what would you do? Would you take a safety, Hamilton, or would you take Aiden Hutchinson, or would you do something different because there is one quarterback still left on the board? Or are you absolutely, (laughs) without a doubt, not taking a quarterback at three? Oh, I'm not taking one at three. I'll hitch my wagon to Mills, but on the wagon, I need another option. All right. I need a backup that's a viable option should Mills either get hurt or what if he doesn't play well? What if he comes back and, right. you know, uh, Davis Mills comes back yep. dressed like Joe Burrow 
uh, going to the AFC Championship game. You're thinking, you haven't been yet. You haven't done anything yet. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. He won't. He won't. Uh, I think he'll be fine. But the thing is, you still want options. I don't yeah. care who the quarterback is. I need a backup who can play. So get me that. Um, I, you know, I don't know what I'm going to do with three yet, Johnny. We'll save that for a future show. All right. Uh, but I think you're kind of talking me into pressure. Okay. Pressure. As in, from the defensive line and... I mentioned Aiden Hutchinson. Let's learn a little bit more about him and Nico Collins next right here on Texans All Access. Texans All Access continues in a moment. How do we outsmart cancer? At Houston Methodist, we're creating nano devices to directly treat tumors, minimizing side effects. We're researching how repurposing existing treatments can stop the deadliest form of breast cancer from spreading. And removing cervical cancer without affecting the uterus so you can still give birth. That's the difference between practicing medicine and leading it. Houston Methodist, leading medicine. To learn more, visit HoustonMethodist.org. Everybody's got a burger. No matter what your burger, Fuddruckers has it. Each morning, we make the freshest buns for the world's greatest hamburger. Whatever craving combo you have, our buns have you covered. 100% all-American premium cut beef cooked to order. Add delicious toppings to pile high. Then head over to our build-your-own produce bar with fresh ingredients to create your crave. Our burger coasters are waiting for you at Fuddruckers. As the official credit union of the Houston Texans, TDECU is proud to help fans like you feel the thrill of victory from the first deposit toward a savings goal to a major milestone like a new dream home. TDECU is here to help you navigate your financial journeys and to cheer you on every step of the way, creating victories and improving lives. It's the TDECU way. Visit TDECU.org. Insured by NCUA Equal Housing Lender. Insider Access. Texans General Manager Nick Casario joining us. Exclusive content. We're going to hold people accountable on a day-to-day basis. Sports Radio 610. It's about wins. Like, we have to win football games. The Texans play here. It's Ford Truck Month, Texas. Now's the time to get a great deal on the only trucks built Ford Tough. Work or play, get after it in a new Ford F-150 or Super Duty truck. Get behind the wheel of a new Ford Maverick pickup and get after any adventure with deals on Ford Ranger. Take advantage of our best offers on the full Ford lineup of trucks, but you better get going. These deals won't last. Get to Ford Truck Month. Back to the show that keeps you plugged in with the Houston Texans. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to this Wednesday edition of Texas All Access. I'm your host, John Harris, football analyst, sideline reporter. And it's time to learn a little bit more about Aiden Hutchinson and Nico Collins with Isaiah Hole, Michigan beat writer, covered the Wolverines and knows them inside and out. He sat down with DP Sidhu. DP, take it away. We're profiling some of the top NFL prospects in this year's draft. And joining me today, Isaiah Hole. He covers the University of Michigan for USA Today Sports. He hosts the On Wolverines podcast. He's a Michigan alum. And of course, we had to get Isaiah's thoughts on uh, one of the top prospects in this year's draft, Aiden Hutchinson, edge rusher. First of all, welcome in, Isaiah. It seems like every year there's a couple teams that I end up uh, doing, whether it's, it's from an official capacity or someone just in, that covers the team that always wants to know about the Michigan prospects. So I'm excited for 
I think it's the second straight year I've talked to someone from the Texans or covering the Texans uh, about Michigan prospects. Yeah, we've got a direct pipeline because we've got some former coaches from Michigan that are here with the Texans. And I'm definitely going to get to to them a little bit later. But first of all, Aiden Hutchinson, he's projected to be the number one overall pick in, in a lot of drafts right now here in the 2022 NFL draft class. How can a guy like him step in and instantly make an impact on an NFL defense like, say, a Lovey Smith 4-3? Well, I, th I think the, the big thing for him is that he obviously he's got the talent. He's got all of that, but he brings a culture perspective uh, that that's what really uh, Michigan wouldn't have been big 10 champions. Michigan wouldn't have uh, gone to the college football playoff semifinals. If it wasn't for Aiden Hutchinson. Uh, he, he's, he's the glue guy. He's the guy that gets everyone hyped, everyone fed off of him. So that, I think that's the first and most important thing because you can't really put a price on that, you know? But he also had the production to go along with it. Uh, he's certainly adept in a 4-3. He played more in a 3-4 this year but, uh, because uh, Mike McDonald came in from the Ravens before going back to the Ravens. Uh, but uh, he, he brought in a 3-4 style uh, defense, and Aiden really thrived in that. But Aiden thrived even when Don Brown was the defensive coordinator and he was playing in a 4-3. It, it just became even more glaring this uh, particular year, I think mostly because he had had an injury that uh, precluded him from the field for most of 2020. And I think that he was just that hungry to go out and get it because I mean, we, we saw him in some four, three looks this year as well. Uh, he technically was an outside linebacker this year, but uh, was you know obviously considered defensive end for his entire uh, career. And I, I've just watched him get better and better. I've covered him going back to high school and yeah, I've known him since he was a junior or sophomore in high school and just watching him develop. And it's, it's he, he's got the motor. He's got the the physical tools. Uh, a lot of times people would, would look at uh, at someone like him and say, well, he's just gritty. No, he's he's just as talented. It's not he's not just outworking everybody. He is outworking everybody, but he is just as physically talented as anybody out there uh, who who plays the edge rusher defensive end position. Uh, so whoever gets him is going to really get a complete package because He's got the personal aspect. He's got the, the physical tools, everything you really kind of want. He's got speed. He's, he's absolutely like, he does not look like what college defensive ends look like. He is super cut, super lean, looks more kind of like a wide receiver in a lot of ways. Well, the Texans had a great defensive lineman for about a decade in JJ Watt. And he's drawn Hutchinson's drawn a lot of comparisons to the Watt brothers. In fact, I was asking about him last year to our sideline reporter, John Harrison. That was one of the first things he said to me. He said, if the Watt brothers had a fourth brother, it could be Aiden Hutchinson. So I'm sort of hearing this throughout draft circles now that he, he's drawing a lot of comparisons to those guys. Is that setting the bar too high for a guy that hasn't even played a down in the NFL yet that he's getting compared to guys that are former defensive and, and current defensive players of the year? I, I mean, and at any time, obviously, that's kind of always setting the bar too high as someone who watched the Detroit lions for many years before learning to eventually abstain from said practice. <laughs> uh, you, you know, it was always, you know, that these two, number two, number three overall picks that were always, well, it's going to be the next, this next, this, it, it's always a little hard to project. Uh, but I do think that that, that is kind of his game. He is, he does have very, you know, comparable game to that TJ Watt, I think is the one that he's most comparable to. I think he's kind of like a higher end version of him, at least coming out of college. But I don't think there's anything wrong with looking at how, uh, you know, how a player does in college and thinking, okay, they, they certainly, if they actually are able to 
build upon that, then they'll be able to look a lot like this player. And I, I don't imagine that Aiden's going to have a disappointing NFL career. That would honestly shock me more than kind of anybody because he's got just so much drive. Like he, he won't let himself be anything but great. That's just who he is. So I, I think that it's, it's a fair comparison. A lot of players, the big question entering the draft is how they're going to make that transition from college into the NFL, how that skill set's going to translate. And, and you mentioned Mike McDonald. He's obviously had a lot of experience in the NFL. He's back with the Ravens as their defensive coordinator, served as Michigan's defensive coordinator last year. How much does that play a role in Hutchinson's ability to play in the NFL, getting to play for a guy that actually coached in the NFL? How much do you think that's going to really help him here uh, as a rookie? Oh, I absolutely think it'll help just for the sake of he's he's gotten used to just being, you know, being under a guy who's been there, done that. I mean, he's going to, you know, I'm sure he, McDonald brought a lot of similar things in terms of terminology and and just the way that they practiced and got ready. Uh, I, I think more so, though, the thing that's going to help Aiden more than the Mike McDonald aspect is probably just some of the competition he went up against. Uh, he, no, he didn't have like the, the most flashy game against Georgia, but he was still going up against, a, you know, some probably first round draft pick tackles across the board though. Like I remember I talked to uh, pro football focus every week on the podcast and they, they had said that he had single-handedly tanked Jackson Kirkland's draft stock from Washington. He was widely considered to be kind of at worst, the, the third tackle to be off the board. And uh, he put him on skates all game. And then you look at Ohio state, they have two first round looking picks and uh, in Dewan Jones and, Nicholas Petit Frere and the you, I'm sure you've seen the highlights they were out there for months of just him just bull rushing Nicholas Petit Frere and just knocking him over like he was nothing I think going up against some of these for you know these guys that are going to be first second maybe third round uh, NFL draft picks I think that that probably helps because he's already playing up against the best of the best and obviously uh, every team is going to, you know, Wisconsin, who's known for their offensive line, they're they're throwing uh, everything they can at Aiden, not just their their tackles, but their tight ends. And uh, he's used to being chipped and having all the attention thrown at him. I think that's going to help probably more than the NFL connection with Mike McDonald. But when you also have to keep in mind that Jim Harbaugh has run essentially an NFL team in college since he's arrived. So we, we've often heard when players do move on, that they, the terminology wise, and a lot of things are relatively similar, especially the, the, the workouts, just way, the way that everything is kind of scheduled. So I think that when Aiden finally does get to the NFL, it's going to be relatively similar. All right. He suffered a season ending injury back in 2020, and then he really bounced back and had a great 2021 campaign. How did he overcome that adversity to sort of have the performance that he did on the field last year and really elevate his draft stock? Really, it's just it's 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 a personal want to, you know, it, it amazes me that he, you know, he broke his ankle. It was a really gruesome injury. And uh, the fact that, you know, not even a year later, he's out there setting the Michigan single season sack record and doing things of that nature, considering, I mean, I, I'm I'm not quite the same athlete, but I broke my foot once when I was about 30 years old and it took me about three years before I could run on it again and had it feel normal. He's out there doing crazy things out there. But uh, the story that Jim Harbaugh often talked about when it came to Aiden was that he, when he got into winter conditioning last year, 
uh, he went up to the strength staff and said, I want you to ring me out. I want you to, to every single day that I come in here, whether I feel like it or not, I want you to completely wear me out. I want you to completely wear me down. I want you to make me better. It, that's the type of guy he is. He, you know, he, he's always been like that. He was like that in high school as well. So, but I think the, the resolve got even more strengthened after missing uh, an entire year, a year in which Michigan kind of felt like it had, it was going to have something going Now, Granted in the game that he went down, it was after a loss, but, uh, but mixed with the, the fact that this, the season didn't go well in 2020, he knew he was an unquestioned leader. He was a team captain. And I think that uh, a mixture of not getting to play through much of 2020, knowing that he needed to put the team on his back and wanting to kind of reverse what Michigan started to become known for, which was losses to Ohio state. Uh, I think that all of that kind of played a factor into his drive. But I, I think that even if it wasn't, I mean, that's, he's just a driven guy. You've covered him for four years at Michigan. Is there a particular play or a most memorable moment that really stands out to you after watching him for all these years? Oh, putting me on the spot there. I, uh, <laughs> I, I mean, honestly, it's just the Ohio state game in general, uh, because uh, as someone in the media, it seems like we almost have a rivalry media versus media uh, from Ann Arbor to Columbus. But uh, I just remember reading a lot of the stuff that my colleagues down there were saying is they thought that Aiden was going to be rendered essentially moot by uh, what they thought was an incredible offensive line. They were saying this is like the best offensive line Ohio State's had since their 2014 national championship game. And he goes out there and has three sacks and all at very crucial moments. I mean, it, this, you know, and this, the, that's the big rival. I mean, he didn't shy away from, you know, talking about it being the big rivalry. And he went into that week saying, we're not scared of them. You know, we're not going to bow down to them. None of that. And then he went out there and did exactly kind of what he said. And ultimately they, Ohio state's offensive line coach got fired. I mean, they were talking a couple weeks, you know, not, not even a couple weeks, a week before the game, the whole week of the game. Wow. That, that was a strength that that was not going to be an issue that they were going to neutralize Aiden Hutchinson three sacks later, their offensive line coach is looking for a new job. I mean, that tells you a lot about his, his ability, his production. All right. What about his personality? What's he like off the field? I'm going to get to see him at the combine in person, but what can you tell us about what he's like off the field? Oh, he's fun. He's definitely fun to cover. Uh, doesn't shy away from saying something like he's the, he's the one like Michigan right now doesn't have a lot of big, bold personalities. Like it, did uh early in the Jim Harbaugh era except for Aiden I feel like Aiden's the guy that if we were getting him for a press conference and media availability you knew it was going to be a good one you knew he was going to say you know he was going to speak his mind he wasn't going to shy away from from saying the the sound bite you know as much as maybe sometimes Michigan would want him to he still would say kind of what was on his mind and uh but he's humble too I think that's the thing he's confident and humble He's not necessarily being, uh, he's not being braggart or, or anything like that. He's, he's not showboaty, uh, but, uh, but he, he's also going to let you know exactly what he thinks. So, I mean, he, he, you know, he and his entire family have just been an absolute pleasure for the last, uh, the last six, some years or seven years or however long it's been that since I've gotten to know them back when he was a high school recruit and, He's, he's just gotten kind of more outspoken over the course of time. Uh, and I remember his first press conference, he was a little bit more, more shy. And now he, certainly, you know, he's camera ready now. 
All right, let me ask you about the Texans because you've got some familiarity with some of our current players and staff. Nico Collins, he's going to enter year two. And he spent three three games on IR but came back, averaged 13 and a half yards per catch. Had a pretty good rookie campaign. He's going to have Pep Hamilton as his OC, who you're also familiar with, but served on that Michigan staff. What can you tell us on, on and maybe your thoughts on what we might expect from year two from, from Nico and working with Pep Hamilton? Well, I'll tell you that Nico's a worker, number one. I, after he was drafted, I saw him running around my neighborhood uh, here in Ann Arbor. Uh, so, like, you know, you think that <laughs> that's one of those things that, you know, that you get drafted, you're going to go somewhere. Nope, he was still here in Ann Arbor working, doing his thing. Uh, so I stopped him, and uh, he was super excited to, to get out there to Houston. But I think the great thing for Nico is just the familiarity. I mean, he spent uh, he spent most of his college career with Pep Hamilton. Pep Hamilton started in, at Michigan in 2017. That was Nico's freshman year, and he was there uh, 17, uh, 18. And uh, Nico was gone after uh, after 19 when he had Josh Gaddis for one year. But he's got that familiarity, and certainly with uh, with the way Pep runs a, a traditional, a little bit more of a traditional pro style. At least that's what he did here in Ann Arbor. Certainly he could have changed some philosophies after being at the DC defenders and other stops and everything, but he'll treat him like, you know, the big play threat that he is and try to get the ball in his hands because the great thing about Nico and I watched it, uh, I think the I immediately comes to mind is it was a loss for Michigan in 2018, no 2019 against uh, Wisconsin at Wisconsin. And I, I do sideline photography for the games. And there were, there was two times in which I was standing right in line with uh with the ball thrown to nico pass interference happening com- guy completely draped on him somehow still comes down with the ball and i mean the, he, nico's what six feet away from me and i still don't understand how he came down with the ball he's that type of guy he's that type of possession receiver and but then he's got the speed as well so i think it's just uh you know getting healthy getting acclimated and uh and i think that he'll be honestly just an absolute stud in the NFL and especially with Pep because you know Pep's been through it you know he's he's been all over the place whether it was Stanford or Michigan or uh, even when he was with the Cleveland Browns I talked to former Ohio State uh, quarterback Terrell Pryor remember he had that one year in which he was a really good receiver Uh, and uh, I, I, I I wanted to get the especially considering it was from a rival you know I wanted to get the perspective of like what's, what's Michigan getting in Pep Hamilton and Terrell Pryor had nothing but amazing things to say about him and said, he saved my career. Uh, so I, I'm excited to see Pep get that next step. And I'm sure that he feels a little bit more well-rounded having, you know, having been, uh, you know, going through the paces from quarterbacks coach to offensive coordinator in college, offensive coordinator, wide receivers coach in the NFL and uh, you know, analyst positions and, you know, and also XFL head coach. So all of that, perspective is really going to help him out uh here this next year great stuff there from Isaiah and of course from our good friend DP Sitter we get back we'll go around the league with a quickie to finish up this edition of Texans Hall Access more Texans radio is on the way can you feel it hear it it's all around you it's the air we share At Daikin, the world's number one air conditioning company, we're pioneering technologies to perfect and protect the air that connects us all. Even now, we're working towards reducing our carbon emissions to net zero by 2050, while developing new ways to make the air indoors perfect. 
Daikin is a proud sponsor of the Houston Texans, and we're hiring. Visit DaikinLovesHouston.com. LovesHouston.com. LovesHouston.com. Texans Radio. The Drive continues. Hey, one final segment of this Wednesday edition of Texans All Access. I am your host, John Harris, football analyst, sideline reporter. So glad to be with you, and a big thanks uh, to DP for stopping by and getting some of the skinny, if you will, on Aiden Hutchinson, whose dad, Chris, played at Cy Fair, then at the University of Michigan, and then stayed at the University of Michigan. I believe he got his medical degree there. Either way, um, they stayed up in Ann Arbor, and so Aiden Hutchinson's only known Michigan, but you know what? Grandparents are here. Family's here in Houston. Wouldn't mind seeing him at number three, but we'll continue to discuss that as we go along. All right, I said we we're going to go around the NFL, but I saved, well, one thing that does definitely have to do with the NFL, and it has to do with your Houston Texans, and that is my good friend and one of the best people you're ever going to meet, the best PR director you're going to find, the leader of a tremendous department. Congratulations to my good friend Omar Majoub, who was named the Spirit of the Bull Award winner. We handed out on the business ops side for the Houston Texans, and he was named the winner of that award. And as president of Texas, Greg Grissom, read why it was just, yep, yep, absolutely, yep, that's Omar, the absolute best. Uh, I love him to death. He is of Houston. He is Houston. He just loves this team. Um, he loves his job. He loves everything uh, that he, he loves us, I mean, which is fantastic. Congratulations, Omar. Uh, you and Eric are such bright lights for everybody here uh, with the Texans organization. And so that's my around the NFL nugget right there. Congratulations to my man, Omar, and his entire PR department, who I just absolutely adore a big thanks to dp to mark to all of you to chris santiago on the board you are the best we'll be back tomorrow we'll have the general with us john mcclain we'll have plenty to talk about with john we'll do that tomorrow we'll see you then everybody and as always go texans this is texans radio on sports radio 610 teachers and parents are you looking for an educational resource to keep your students engaged the houston texans toro and conoco phillips have partnered together to provide toro's math drills toro's math drills is a free video series that will challenge your students to math topics like fractions multiplication division and place value all while having fun sign up today for free at houstontexans.com on the kids school program page and run your students through toro's math drills presented by conoco phillips go texans